My name is Adam from the band Itter. You are tuned in to Undergroundopolis, hosted by my old friend Rob Line, aka the X Man. It's what I listen to when I want to get a chubby. What was your uh, what what would you say was your favorite show you ever played? Ooh, hmm. I love this question. I it's, get there. Well, it's a good one. Um, yeah, it's a good one. I, I I'll give you like a third place and a second place, and then I'll give you my last one. I think the last one will surprise you because thinking in my head, I had two that really just like came at the forefront, but then I know right off the bat which one I'm gonna say. Um, so like, uh, my third place, um, I was playing out, it was like right before I moved out of, uh, out of Jersey the first time, um, I had a friend, Diane, who was interning with the Special Olympics and, um, at that time it was 20 she reached out to me in 2013 for the 2014 special olympics the national special olympics the actual national games were going to be in jersey that year so i was like "Ooh, um i she was like i would love you to play now keep in mind diane and i didn't talk for like four years because we went to two different colleges we were friends in high school so it was really nice to see her um you know reach out to me and it's like, Hey, I've been still following your stuff. I know an album just came out. Cause at that time my album did come out. So she was like, love you to play. And so we were like, really, I was so excited because special Olympics was such a big thing to my mom. Um, especially to my grandfather, my grandfather was the special Olympics coach for gymnastics for many, many years. Um, and so I felt that it was a big Testament to be a part of that for in tribute to him. Um, and it was a lovely show, you know, uh, it was a smack in the middle of, 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 of the day. And it, you know, there was activity still going on. Um, but I mean, there was a, there was a small crowd that came out that really watched it. And so I, I was really blessed to be a part of something like that. And, um, yeah, it was definitely something, especially the national special Olympics. So I was like, just, you know, very, very excited that I was able to be a part of something that big um you know on that type of scale um my second i mean i i when i moved out to hoboken when i actually did when i started grad school i finished grad school i was living out in hoboken so about right you know frank sinatra grew up there and a lot of great you know 
great history. Um, and at that time, it was I was thankful enough that the music scene was actually they were kind of cleaning it up. They were cleaning up Hoboken, and they were uh, really a lot of you know kind of gentrifying it a little bit, like Brooklyn was. Um, a lot of families were moving to Hoboken, you know, small kids and new parents. And, you know, it, so it was nice to kind of be there when they were improving overall. And then the music scene was also really thriving and venues were getting reopened. So the big place for me was Maxwell's Tavern or Maxwell's, um, you know, Nirvana played one of their first few shows there. Um, Springsteen recorded Glory Days music video there at Maxwell's. Um, you know, a lot of great bands played there and got their start there. Um, especially with Kirk, you know, with Nirvana. I mean, it that that's you know, the fact you go on the same stage as Nirvana, um, you really can't beat that, you know. And I've, I've played the Stone Pony and I've played, um, you know, that were. Bon Jovi and Springsteen, you know, got their starts there at the Stone Pony. And I played Starland Ballroom where a lot of great musicians that have come from internationally to kind of make their debuts in the States. Um, and still people that have, I, you know, I grew up with um, are playing the Starland. But I mean, for me, Maxwell's because it was like there was so much history um, and such a legendary uh, uh, city in New Jersey and um, to be able to actually do a EP, my own EP release at this venue in front of like, like 75 to a hundred people that didn't know who I was and just showed up um, because there was other people before that they were supporting and they stayed for this whole thing. Um, it was fantastic. I mean, it was the first time that I, my friends even told me that went out They're Like, this is the best we've heard you. And that kind of leads me into the first show, um, my best show that I ever done. Um, so the EP release to give some backstory was called uh, "I Wrote These Songs of Heavy Vibes at a Piano," and I wrote it. I, I, I wrote it all. Like the story says, I wrote it with, when I was in my keyboard back in my my father's house before I moved back to grad school. I was dealing with the death of my mom and um, really kind of going through the the, the grieving process pretty heavily for two years. Um, and for me, I started I was doing so I was recording another album and then had a nervous breakdown, emotional breakdown, realized that I was not, I wasn't able to do these songs because the songs I was trying way too much to put a fake narrative to it and not my own story. Cause I was too afraid to overexpose myself and make people concerned um, and I wasn't big on dealing with depression and those types of feelings. And so when I, it was like one of the last shows before I stopped music for about a year and a half, um, writing and everything, um, I started, uh, I, I was already planning to go on this public access television show out in Princeton, right, off, right outside Princeton University downtown. And um, they record it. And they don't edit or anything. It's done on like you know camcorder, and then they put it on about like a two weeks later on public access. They don't ch they don't really chop anything up. It goes straight through. So you're watching the whole show as if it was done. And um, I was about 
I was on my last song of the night and I did a song that was dedicated to my mother. Um, and uh, I just immediately started crying um, just in front of all these random strangers and the, and the, and the production crew. And uh, it was, it was tough. And so, um, but that was the first time when I finished that show and people came up to me and it wasn't this pity party that it was this, that is what music is about. And my guitar player that was with me that night, cause I hadn't play a couple of songs with me said by far, not only was that like the best show that I've ever seen you do, that is like one of the best shows I've ever played because for the first time I saw somebody standing up for what they are all about and you he's like you can no longer retreat back to this whole you know this narrative that you're that you've been trying to create because this is what this is what people are going to be more attracted to and this is what the people want and he's like i'm pretty sure this is what you want too um and that was kind of the turning point was that show where I broke down on camera and it's still out there. And I, I remember I haven't, I haven't been able to watch it back. Um, but my family saw it uh, about a couple months later. I, I, I gave them the DVD of it. And um, my dad, I, he didn't, I don't think he was realizing how much I was hurting until he saw that show. Um, but he said the same thing. He goes, I, I think this is the type of direction you need to go now because I think that people are, you know, we have a lot of fake people in the world. I, I don't think we need to add, you know, more negative toxicity to, to the world. I think we need some truth. Um, and it's been ever since then, I just make sure that what I'm writing is of truth and not of, uh, not of, uh, you know, I wouldn't say necessarily, um, you know, fantasy, but, um, you know, it's okay to talk about the dark things. Um, you need to have some light, um, but, uh, you know, write, write what you know. Um, that, that was a big thing for me. And so I put that definitely in my, my first, my number one, even though, the other ones sound a lot more glamorous, but that was by far public access, Princeton television, crying, and on my fourth song, best show. Yeah, yeah, uh, but when you when you make somebody feel what you feel, you that, that changes <laughs> changes the way you start writing and everything else too. You know. Yeah, but, it it definitely shapes uh, the whole idea of why I was doing this to begin with. Um. You know, I think I, I, I was doing all of this because I liked doing it. But then I think the more attention that you were getting, then you thrive on that attention. So you're like, oh, I want more of this. Um, and then when I was at my lowest, I realized that I'm like, but I don't really want this. I don't want that. And when I started going and doing songs for what was from here and doing it from this is how I'm feeling. This is how it, this is, this is what's going on in my head and, very similar to what Daniel Johnston did. You know, he wrote about, you know, you knew listening to his stuff 
this is what I'm afraid of. And this is what makes me happy. This is what scares me. This is what I love. Um, and there's an, there's such a, you know, a realness to that. And that's what makes it attractive. And I think that's what made Daniel Johnston so attractive, attracted to pe- you know, attractive to people because, you know, by far he wasn't the most talented guitar player. He wasn't the most talented vocalist, but there was this honesty that I think people really not only respected, but admired um, for someone also dealing with so many mental ailments. Um, you know, you cannot, the fact that he has to go on stage and thousands and thousands of people and the crap he's getting, he's like, I'm just going to keep going. Cause this is just, this is all I know. And I felt that eventually I, that's kind of what I was going for. It was like, this is really all I know are these feelings and these stories. And that's okay. If they want to listen, great. If they don't, it's no harm, no foul on me. There's other great musicians out there for them to listen to. I'm just one of a couple million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the counter question to the last question would be, what's your least favorite show? Uh, <laughs> and I love this question, too, just for that that reaction I get. <laughs> uh, there. I mean, there's so many. There are so many bad shows that I've had that I I try my best to completely forget them. Uh, hmm. I definitely think yes. It, I, yeah, I I, it, I wasn't solo because um, I don't think I've had any necessarily bad shows yet being solo or at least not shows that I would definitely go, oh my god, this was a train wreck. Um, but I was in the span many many moons ago back in 2000 and the show happened in 2007 or 2008 one of those two and we were like one of the last few bands left of the night and uh which meant that they had some promise for us that we were going to be good especially because so many people were coming for the last band um that we were like you know it was kind of a lot of pressure the band we didn't play a whole lot of live shows at different venues. I think we played at that point three or four different venues um, in rotation, probably less. I was in another band at the same time where we were playing a lot of venues and played Starland and Stone Pony. Um, and at this point, this band wasn't really there yet. I mean, we were together for a year before we had our first real show um, versus the other band. I was with them for like, two or three months and then it was just show after show after show after show um so with this particular band we were just still very rough we were very good friends and i think that's what was helpful when it came to our performances was that we were very very uh you know funny you know very humorous with each other had a lot of personality um but this particular show we were all on edge all for very different reasons um, it was the first show that my then girlfriend at the time came out to for this band. Um, we had no real rehearsal going on. Um, and it was just a maddening, terrible, you know, drummer had issues with his, uh, his drum set was out of, out of tune and really need to tighten them up. Our bass player at that point, I don't think we were with him. For, you know, he was, he was with us the entire time. 
as the uh, when the band was together but i think he missed a few practices because he did have a job that he had to go to which we very much understood i think we i think both guitar players we had two guitar players i think both of them broke a string in the middle of the show and then so just trying to be as professional as we can you try to continue moving on with the show um but it was it was just it was a very inevitable like this is gonna be this was this was turning into train wreck so um all of a sudden the songs the syncopation and the timing of the songs were just getting everywhere and i'm like what are we doing um so yeah definitely that would definitely resonate in my mind as the worst show um but we did get better we did we did eventually play stone pony we did become eventually our personalities and the way we were on stage did eventually translate into the music which was definitely a very good thing um but the music also wasn't really my style i mean you know the the, the lead i wasn't writing for this band as i was the other one i was writing a lot of lyrics for the other band this band was primarily the songwriter was the, the, the lead guitar player but he didn't sing and so but he was very into the ramones and to a lot of that punk rock and that was definitely not my flavor and especially my voice is not really that flavor either um we're still close uh he actually wrote a song for me well he wrote a song we did together in that band that was on my first album and uh he actually came up uh when i was recording that album he actually drove up he moved to delaware when he was going to school at the time and just straight up i called him i said out of curiosity like i just wanted to see i get your permission to do the song he goes absolutely and uh, I said, I would like to ask if you'd like to play on it since it is your song at the very least. Um, and he goes, yeah. And then he's like, I'll come up. Uh, he's like, I'll come up tomorrow. And I was like, from Delaware? He goes, yeah. And so that's what he did. He showed up, like, drove three and a half hours to come up and, 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 and record, hung out for a little bit, and then just drove right back home. So, I mean, it's still a very good friend of mine. Um, but, yeah, we def it was definitely a rough time. Uh, and I think it was just one of those days where just – we were in high school. A lot of us were going through particularly college acceptances and, and, and trying to get into college and um, a lot of girlfriend and yeah, a lot of girlfriend issues definitely. And a lot of, uh, or a lot of ghosting from girls is a big, was a big thing for, for us. So yeah, we were a little, you know, we really couldn't hide that in the professional setting because we just let that, pretty much ooze on stage or all of the problems that we had. <laughs> well, it got better. It got better. I think it upset me more. It, it upset me more that it was like four or five shows in and you think with each show you get better. And that was like basically like, oh my God, now we're taking like four steps back because this was god awful. Um, I couldn't, I also couldn't sing that night either. My voice was shot as well. Um, and so I, I feel like we just need to probably just not, we should have just canceled the show with everything going on. But, you know, the show must go on. And at that point, I couldn't explain, sorry, we're not good tonight. <laughs> like I wasn't at that point because I was so overprotective of, of, you know, the brand of, oh, we can't make it look like, you know, we can't say that we suck tonight. <laughs> you know, that's the last thing you can say. Um, now I don't care. Now I just tell people, I'm like, tonight's going to be rough. It's going to be a rough one tonight. So, you know, <laughs> well, <even> my... <laughs> you, 
you've got four albums out. You're you're a journalist now. Do you plan yeah. on writing writing a book? Someone, uh, actually, my guitar player, the uh, the guitar player that I played uh, my my favorite show at, actually, he 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 did, um, he did. He's told me quite a few times to write a book, um, just about my experiences in life. Uh, you know, going from being a musician and finding some fame in, in, in very odd ways, um, to the fact that I've you know I have a master's degree and. Um, you know, uh, worked in educational leadership and worked in college level and did that for a couple of years and was a teacher and then an autism therapist and also a janitor. Like I've kind of done all the trades that, you know, people think about working your way up. I'm like, no, I wasn't really working my way up. I just, I became a janitor because I liked, I liked that job because it was a hardworking job and I just needed time to reflect on my life at the time. And I really want to give 110 a lot. I mean, I did radio broadcasting, worked in television production, still do work in television production. Um, so, I mean, I thought about writing a book, um, especially now reading books from, um, you know, comedians. And I can tell like they write them because some of them, you can tell when you see their cadence and how they are on stage and how it translates to the page. You're like, oh, yeah, I, I've been reading. Um, I read Chris Gethard's book. He's a comedian from Jersey. Um, it was called Lose Well, and that really inspired me actually to kind of take chances a little bit more this coming year. And then um, I just started Burt Kreischer's book. I'm trying my best to kind of get my head wrapped around it because, it, it, to me, I can hear him speaking it, but, like, the stories are just kind of, like, right now, like, I can't completely wrap my head around it because, like, it, to me, it's just coming off almost kind of like a, a comedy act right now in the book like a lot of like trying to be too jokey um so i think i would like to write a book as long as i could find the right voice um because i think in these articles i'm doing for news for you i think people have been um the, the attention that i've gotten for that in, in in public has been kind of like the 180 of like what i'm known for which is to be this very you know uh, I hope, or at least they tell me, very good musician, very great singer, good piano player, um, you know, strong voice. Um, and, uh, you know, but then also doesn't take myself too seriously, cracks a lot of jokes, very sarcastic, um, especially my banter, because obviously it's very difficult to go from being on the keyboard and then, you know, you they kind of know what they're already getting. So you want to kind of know that they're getting something out of it, which is why I do the, the way that I, the way that I promote my shows is kind of very different than what other people do. Um, but then when I write these, you know, these entries, it's like almost like I, I, for them, it's almost like, man, this is like a different person writing this, like very academic, and very serious and larger words. And um, so I think I just want to find a balance of, my 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 writing voice to find a, a good balance between what my personality is and uh while still being able to heed to you know being in a way of an academic which is what i'm you know but i what i i like to think that i am to an extent um but uh i don't know what i would write about you know I wouldn't want to, the autobiography of me would be very long, but it also I think would be relatively 
not uninteresting, but I think I would rather write something that was like what Chris Gethard is, which is about like losing and then just still like continuing to lose until you're like, I give in on the losing. How do I win? Um, or like losing and losing and losing and just knowing that like you can lose 10 times, but you might win that 10th time. And that's all that's, that's what matters. Um, so I want to find a book like that, not necessarily self-help or maybe motivational, but like, I, I would like to write a book. Um, that would be a good thing. What, what do you think I should write about? What would you, what would you, what would your first thought be? uh, Maybe self-help. Self-help would be, I guess, I was going to say, I can analyze, uh, your song spank spank like a nun <laughs> sorry i was listening to that by the way i've been listening to that on repeat with uh <laughs> along with war children very contrasting songs to say the least but spank spank like a nun is uh to me it's because it's it sounds so sincere, like listening to the beginning of the song and the way you deliver the lyrics and you're like, Oh, this is getting, and you're like, this could be a really sad song. And then you get there and you're like, it was very perplexing. But at the same time, I still feel sad. Like I still feel like, <laughs> like oh, kind of sucks that he got spanked. Like that's so bad. But then I, but then <laughs> just lyrically as the lyrics go on, you're just like, Oh, I, I'm slowly getting out of this, like trying now finding this funny. <laughs> I also listen to it. Though. I appreciate it. Oh yeah. What, got anything? We're running out of time here. What got anything you guys want to plug in? Uh, like where you're playing next? Oh yeah, yeah, very good. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this weekend it's it's all over the place. Yeah. So I'm playing um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, whenever y'all are watching or listening to this, but I'll give the dates just in case people are like listening to this months later and they're going, Oh, he's there Friday and Saturday. It's like, yeah, a couple months ago, uh, this Friday I'll be with my good friend, Brandon McCarty, uh, in downtown Evansville at a restaurant called Madeline's fusion. And, uh, it's great food there. Um, that starts at six o'clock downtown Evansville, Indiana. Um, and then Brandon and I, are going to be taking a road trip to Marion, Indiana. So it's about a four-hour drive from here mm-hmm. um, at the place called The Kingdom. Um, my good friend Bobby owns and runs that place. They just opened last January, so they've only been you know, about a year and a half old now. It's a great venue. Um, I really enjoy the community there. So we'll be there on Saturday. That'll be May. So Madeline's Fusions on Friday, May 21st. The Kingdom is on May 22nd, Saturday, May 22nd. That's also going to be, that's going to be start time of seven o'clock. Um, and then um, I will be at Uncool Randy's Sunday Night Live at the 21st. I, I'm under the impression it's 21st in Germantown is how it's being advertised, or 21st yes. Amendment Tavern. Yeah, it's called 21st in Germantown now. Okay. Somebody, somebody I, got I, upset about it being called 21st Amendment. My yes, I my advertisement that I'm making for it says Germantown. So thank yeah. you for the for the check mark of of verifying that before I had to redo that. So I'll be the uh, featured musician act for the night um, at 21st in Germantown at Sunday Night Live for Uncle Randy's open mic, which you used to 
take over and did a fantastic job with and i think and i've been there since randy's done it, he's done, he's also doing a fantastic yes, job he is um yeah. i'll be there so that's sunday may 23rd um showtime starts at six i would imagine i'm gonna go sometime at six or later on i don't think i'm closing the night because i'm not a local um I have not found, I haven't really found out many details of when. I just know I'm going to get there the time that it starts. Because um, I also won't be in a rush like I was the last time. Because I had to message him the first time I went um, just to kind of like show my face and be like, hey, we're coming from Evansville. We have a rehearsal till four, which means it's going to be five hours, your time. So we won't get there till probably a little bit after the show times, you know, the, the start of the show time. So. Um, but yeah, that's really all I got with going on. And then I'm working on uh, season two of uh, our variety show, talk show, Lifestyles After Dark. Um, that'll be premiering on June 11th on the second oh. season. That'll be on YouTube. Um, actually, you're looking at the set of the show right now. This is actually where we film it um, on our uh lovely porch area and then we got a stage over there for the performers um and again we do it all outside we started during covid last year when we found out that covid wasn't going to be able to be transmitted in (laughs) outside until the cdc said otherwise but thankfully by that point we were done with our first season um so yeah and so that'll be fun so the first season's out on youtube now just look up lifestyles after dark and uh that's where you'll find it and we got some cool people we had a filmmaker on there a couple years ago that's done a lot of great actual internationally known films which was nice so we're kind of you know stirring the pot a little bit now um yeah uh it's really all i got oh i'll, I'll plug my my girlfriend cynthia murray uh, i have a song come out in in, in january um, it's called Home, and I'm really proud of her. It's her first solo single release. She was in a band called OCLA for many years, and that's being able to found, but I'm happy because she's able to do her uh, her own thing and, and, and find her, her own voice with this single. Um, and it's uh, I think it's a really fantastic song, and it touches. I, I know a lot of people have been touched by the song, and I know it's very uh, odd to promote something that is five months close to six months removed uh but i love her and uh that's uh it's just my little my little thing to to listen to home so if you don't go to any of my shows and you don't watch the show i would just ask you to listen to home uh to give her that uh fraction of a penny that she can put in her bank account and spotify (laughs) spotify (laughs) thank thank you so much be sure just, just in case you didn't know, if you're if you're listening to this, we did do this live. You can still watch the video in its entirety on YouTube and probably on Facebook still. And uh, it might who knows. Sometimes I upload these to Instagram. But all right. be sure be sure to follow Freddie Freddie Born on all the social medias. You do have a Bandcamp or anything, right? I do have a Bandcamp. I haven't used it in quite a few years. Um, but definitely the one thing I'm glad you brought that up. I I, I have this fan page that I have. It's Freddie Born. I I I've made my I've made my actual profile pr- public. Um, I like 
similarly what I was talking to you before about the honesty piece and being transparent, like all that stuff goes on to my personal page. And so I, I like having people actually get to know me and not the celebrity Freddie. So uh, if you are wanting to follow me and have the most up to date news, I'll just friend me or follow me as Freddie Bourne um, on Facebook, not the band page, but my personal page. I remember it when Open doors No fear Walked around Far and near Time's just joyous I look up to the sky Snaps for Sinners with your joke of the week. Did you know that some bugs have the same, like, behind as they do front? Well, then how do they know if they're burping or farting? That is all our time we have for now. Thank you for listening to Undergroundopolis. Remember, we do this every Wednesday night, bringing you new and exciting artists every week. Be sure to hit up their websites and social media and stream or download their music. If you like this show, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, any streaming platform, and leave us a review as well. I'm your host, Rob Lyon, signing off. <laughs>